This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and a very warm welcome to the latest edition of the Total Saints podcast. I'm Martin Stark and I'm joined once again by our panel of devout Saints fans to discuss the last seven days supporting Southampton Football Club. This episode of TSP is streaming live on our Facebook and our YouTube channel. If you're watching live on either of those platforms right now, you can get involved in the conversation using the comments section. We're also broadcasting live on Twitter. This week on the podcast, the cut run is over, but is the season over too? We'll discuss that. And it's another international break next weekend before a trip to Leeds in the league. So we'll preview that game. First of all, let me introduce you to our TSP guests. Just the two of them this week. Ben Stanfield is the founder of the Total Saints podcast. How's your week been, Ben? Did you enjoy the game today? Yeah, not too bad in terms of the week, Martin. Uh, Like the rest of the country, pretty much, I've been suffering with COVID. So I got released yesterday and finally got a negative uh, test. I'm not sure that Glenn gave it to me down the phone line. I don't think that's the case. But uh, yeah, feeling a lot better now than I was maybe at the start of the week. And um, yeah, weirdly in terms of uh, this weekend I actually feel happier sat here tonight after today's game than I did last weekend after the Watford game which is a bit bizarre when you've lost by more goals it's a funny one isn't it but we'll get into that tonight plenty to discuss and Glenda the court is the writer of the weekly Saints blog League One minus 10 are you out now Glenn are you back at St Mary's were you there today I was there today after after 12 days of positive tests (laughs) (laughs) I probably broke some sort of record there I really fed up Uh, finally got a negative test on uh, Scar yeah got a negative test on Thursday delighted to rejoin the rest of the world so um, stopped asking myself what would Matt Letizia do (laughs) Um, so yes I was back there today and uh, yeah I was I was pleased enough to be back and not too similar to Ben really not too disappointed I saw enough enough positive things to uh, that were improvements on the previous performances put it that way well, of course, the biggest hello and thank you, as always, is reserved to our patrons, wherever you might be listening or watching this week. Welcome to episode 191 of the Total Saints podcast. This is the Total Saints podcast with Martin Stark, Steve Grant, Glenda LaCour and the Athletics' Dan Sheldon. So 
So we start with the FA Cup sixth round at St Mary's and a pretty comprehensive 4-1 defeat for Southampton against Manchester City. Glenn, it was comfortable in the end for City, but was the score a fair reflection, do you think? Not really. It doesn't really matter whether it was or whether it wasn't. The, the bottom line is it's a cup game. You either win or you lose. And, and, and we lost overall. You have to say we deserve to lose. In answering in answer to the question, yeah, it probably did it did flatter them a little bit. But at the end of the day, they did pass up a few chances at the end when our intensity levels had, had dropped. We we basically stayed in the game for seventy five minutes. But ultimately, when you look at it, the reasons we lost is you know we said last week that you can't afford to give them anything. You know, if mm. they score a brilliant goal, which they did with the last two goals, um, if they score a brilliant goal, that's fair enough. But if you give them goals, it just makes your task impossible. It, it's impossible if you give any team goals. I mean, we gave Watford goals and we couldn't come back against them. Mm. And we, the first goal is, is dreadful and the second goal is dreadful. And that that just makes it very, very difficult. I think Ralph was kind of sawn off a little bit because he picked a team to kind of come strong in the second half, you know, bring the main strikers on in the second half and use the five subs, kind of similar to what he did against West Ham. And I think that was sound enough sort of thinking. But unfortunately, we coughed up the second goal at the time when we wanted to sort of really push on and try and try and nick it. And um, yeah, it wasn't to be. But when you see the quality that City could bring off the bench and the fact that they both scored, it's just mm. it's just ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, overall, positive energy levels were a lot better than they were against Watford. Mike Dean wasn't abysmally bad. He wasn't the reason that we lost, which is about all you can ask when uh, Mike Dean referees. So uh, overall, it was, you know, it was an enjoyable enough game. Disappointing that we're out. But you can't be surprised. You know, we've played against City now, 180 minutes in the league and we've competed and yeah. 75 minutes today and we competed. And when when you look at the squad and the players and the manager that they've got, it's it's an achievement to have done that. But yeah, it's disappointing that we lost today. But More praise from uh, Pep after the game as well. Ben, obviously tighter than the, the score suggested. Is it crazy how quickly a tight one all suddenly becomes mm-hmm. a hammering by, <laughs> by the time yeah. the final whistle goes? It, it is a bit, isn't it? It's kind of scary. And I think they even had two or three other good chances towards the end. I mean, it could have been a silly score, you know, and I, I totally agree with Glenn. I mean, I, I almost felt you sat there scratching your head thinking, how have we lost 4-1? But I think it does just, it evidences the quality that they've got, doesn't it? And, and Glenn's spot on. I mean, they can bring on 40, 50 million pound players. You know, we're bringing on 10, 15 million pound players and that's the difference. And, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, let, let's not get carried away. We still lost the game. We're out of the cup. It's disappointing. But I thought everyone in a Saints shirt today gave 100%. I, I, I was sat there watching the game thinking, you know, at least we've gone out with our heads held high and that's the least you can ask for. I think we had pretty, you know, tough game last Sunday as a said against Watford but ultimately I think we just ran out of, of puff in the end and uh, maybe we could have done with a drinks break or an energy gel or something like that but uh, you know I, I think the, the difference is when their chances came along they took them you know we had a couple of good chances Armstrong obviously hitting the post which was unlucky big chance for Shea at 2-1 you know um, that goes in it's potentially a different game and they go straight out the other end and, and kill us off really so mm. yeah I, I thought you know in terms of Saints just lacked a bit of quality and composure in the final third when they really needed it and ultimately on another day potentially take that to extra time but as I said I think we go out with our heads held high. Nick's watching on YouTube. He says Chase miss was unfortunate. That was the turning point because if that had gone in, we might have carried some momentum into the final stages of the game. And Mark says, I've just got home to Swindon after the game. Not a bad performance from Saints today and certainly happier after or than after the previous game. So I think we can all agree on that. We'll get onto the goals in just a moment. Let's start with the team selection 
shall we, Glenn? Because we were told it was disrespectful to criticise the team selection before the West Ham game. <laughs> and then on, on the face of it, we start the biggest game of the season with the two reserve strikers. So was it madness or did it work to a, to a certain extent? I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think there was a little bit of logic behind it in that Adam Armstrong and Shane Long were going to run around like madmen for mm. as long as they could. And then hopefully we're still in the game and then we bring the big guns on, if you like, to um, to to win it. So I, could, I can kind of see it. You, when, you, when you lose and you haven't picked what is seen as your 11 best players, there will always be questions. But I wasn't unhappy with the, with the team selection. I would have been if we'd made nine changes again. So I, I, yeah, I thought I thought that the thinking was was sound enough. But I think the the goals that that we let in, in particular the second goal, that came at exactly the wrong time. You know, I was I was beginning to think at, at one all that we could, you know, we could maybe even nick this. Certainly get to extra time. But unfortunately, then we we coughed up another goal. And so, yeah, with regards to the team selection, I I didn't think it was too bad. I was I was pleased to see basically the first choice midfield who I, who I all thought had decent games. They certainly played a lot better than they have done in the previous couple of games. And yeah, the the fullbacks both did well. I thought Tino Tino would look more back more you know, closer to his best level, especially in the first half uh, today. So that's a, that's a positive going forward. Walker Peters, I thought, was excellent again, despite yet again being snubbed by England, um, which is annoying. But uh, but you never know. I hear there's a couple of injuries at fullback, so he may get he may get called up this week. But but uh, and I don't think Fraser, you know, Fraser didn't have a chance really with any of the goals. Nearly got a hand to the penalty, didn't he? Oh, but, that was so uh, unlucky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you could tell he was frustrated because he he got close to it. But yeah, that that. You can always, as I say, when when you lose and you've you know you've picked Shane Long and Adam Armstrong, you can you can always complain when you you've got what are seen as two better strikers on the bench. But it was quite evident, Ben. I thought for the first fifteen twenty minutes that the, the pressing was was working, and um, arguably when Adams and Brozier came on, we looked less of a threat in a way. Yeah, I, I think Shea, as we mentioned, had a, a chance, didn't he? Brozier struggled, struggled to get into the game, but I think let's be honest, you know, lots of players coming on, it's quite hard to sometimes get up to speed when you're playing against Man City. You're not seeing much of the ball. But yeah, I, you know, I, I thought Long and Armstrong worked hard first half. I thought they put themselves around. You know, John Stones put the ball out. Of- play a couple of times trying to pass it because they were putting them under pressure. You know, it goes back to what we said earlier. The difference is Shea Adams and Broja potentially score a couple of those chances and you are very much two one up or two or you're in the game. The difference is with Shane and Adam, you know, we know that they don't necessarily have that sort of prowess in front of goal. So that's obviously what they uh, they lack. But yeah, I, I agree with Glenn. I mean, you know, it was a stronger team on paper than the West Ham game. So you'd obviously given it a, a, a bit of thinking, but I didn't really have a problem with the, the lineup. And as I said at the start, Martin, I think for me, everyone out there today gave 100%. I, I thought the centre-backs were a little bit shaky throughout the game. But again, you've got to look at the quality that they're playing against. Mm, yeah, let's get on to the centre-backs in, in just a minute. But first, Glenn, I wanted to talk about Romeo and James Ward-Prowse because I thought for at least 75 minutes they were back to their best today. It was good to see Prowse spraying balls around and I thought they were they were looking out for each other again. And we, we've not really seen that in the last three games. No, they've, they've certainly had a little bit of a dip. You know, a month ago, I was looking at those two thinking, you know, I'd struggle to swap these for virtually any midfielders in the league. <laughs> you know, realistically, they, they were so good as a pairing. But things have certainly dropped off the last sort of two or three weeks. But mm. today, I thought it was a, it was a positive. They certainly looked to be back on it. it, especially Romeo. He seems to have dropped off a little bit more than 
Prowse did over the last few games, but he was he was snapping into things. Maybe it was Jack Grealish being back again. Maybe that, um, <laughs> that fired him up again, but uh, no fight in the tunnel this time. Yeah, I, I thought I, I definitely thought they were better. And some of some of War Prowse's passing, the the division he showed, the, the first time ball he hit over to Elianusi, was it? That was the yeah. Che Adams chance, wasn't it? Yeah. In the yeah. second half, he he played some great stuff, and yeah, I was I was impressed with the two of them, considering you know they're up against it's basically two of them up against three. And those three are De Bruyne, Gundogan, and whatever other brilliant player they've got in there. I uh, can't remember who it was. Rodri. Uh, Rodri. Rodri's the other one, and mm-hmm. you know to, he he's he's superb. He he just he just never never flustered. Just knocks the ball off all the time. And and then you got De Bruyne doing everything, and <laughs> Gundogan arrive you know arriving in the penalty area late, and he's he's a nightmare from the point of view of picking him up. But I you know I thought Arte really stood up well, and um, you know hopefully they can take that into the um, into the next game because they're they're going to need to because as you know as you know we're playing Leeds and that's another sort of high energy team that we're going to need to match. Was it a good midfield battle for you today, Ben? Do you think? Yeah, I, I I agree with Glenn. I mean, I think when you think it's two against three, um, you know, you think of Rodri. They always talk in cricket, don't they, about good batsmen make it look easy because they give themselves time. You know, they make make it look like they've got more time on the ball than they have. And you know, he for me is that epitomizes that in the footballing world. You know, he just looks like he's got so much time on the ball and he, he's everywhere. But you know, again, it's it's the challenge for them as well, isn't it? I think it's proving to themselves that they can compete against those sort of players that you know are on a, an elite level. You know, Man City are one of the two or three best clubs in Europe, aren't they? So it's a real challenge for them. As Glenn said there, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. The key now is for them to take that form that they've shown today into the rest of the season and for Saints as a whole to keep up the, the the level of effort they've shown and not let the season fizzle out. Yeah, the motivation is going to be the key, isn't it? Let's talk about Jack Stevens and, and Salazu and the goals. Let's start with, with Stevens. He's got a lot of credit in the bank for his desire and his passion. And we've all been a big supporter of his over the years, but that was a you know a dreadful slip and a mistake for that first goal, Glenn. It was just, oh God, yeah. here we go. It was like a, a throwback to the, the old Jack Stevens in a way. What can you say? I... I mean, it's up the other end of the pitch to me. I have seen it since on the on the highlights. And at the time, I looked at it and thought that looked really, really bad. But it's up up the other end of the pitch, so you kind of don't think too much about it. You only know that you're one nil down. But when when you watch it on the on the replay, it's horrendous. Mm. It's just it's just a horrible scuffed clearance with his left foot. It doesn't get off the ground. City have still got to do something with it. And it was Grealish's best contribution because he controlled it, poked it to Sterling. And even Sterling couldn't miss that one. Um, <laughs> as I said last time, that's that's a hill I'll die on. I'm not never impressed with Raheem Sterling, and uh, he butchered a few chances in the second half to make it uh, to keep us keep us in the game. But mm. it was it was a bad mistake, and it unfortunately it seemed to affect him because it wasn't the only mistake. He got away with two or three as well, where you know a real ropey looking pass that nearly got intercepted, things like that. So it's difficult, you know, in Stephen's defence, it's difficult when you're not playing to come in and suddenly be up to speed, especially playing against a team like that. But uh, he's had a lot of chances and I, I do wonder, he's either got to be in the team playing regularly or I don't think he's the sort of player that's suited to sort of coming in and playing one game in five. He just doesn't, he seems to take too long to get up to speed. I mean, if he'd have picked Jan Valery today, I wouldn't have had a problem with that because I, I think he's done he's done well but Stevens is the more experienced player so that you know that's why he got he got brought in so uh, yeah but he just, he just needs he needs to hit the ground running when he's given the chances because on performances like today you wouldn't be in a hurry to pick him again yeah. he's not done himself any favors he's not going to be you know barring an injury crisis he's not going to be playing in the next league game 
having mm. put in a performance like that today. Uh, it's unfortunate, and he's the sort of player that we all want to do well. We like his attitude. You know, I like I like the fact that he gets involved and he winds up the opposition and, and all mm. that sort of stuff. But he's, I think Steve Steve Grant always always points out he's he's good at looking after other people, but he's not so good at looking after himself sometimes. And and I think that showed today. I think there was a bit in the second half, Martin, where Mike Dean got him and War Prowse together and pretty much told War Prowse, "I don't want him to keep telling me what to do and <laughs> yeah. refereeing the game." You know that sort of thing, pretty much. And that, that's the one thing that we love about Jack, isn't it? You know, when he's on the yeah. pitch, you always yeah. feel like you've got someone yeah. in the ear hole the ref. So that's the one yeah. positive he does bring. But I agree with Glenn. You know, it's hard when he's not had a run of games to come back in the side. You know, you're facing a team like City, but he, you know, he was a bit off it today. I think he would agree that. So Ben, are we? Are we, we've had this kind of discussion before, but it, it kind of feels like we're one centre back away from being a decent side. Is that the problem mm. at the moment? The missing link, somebody to come in. It, there, there isn't an, an obvious choice if, if one of them's out. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Slasu, obviously, as we know, and we'll come on to talk about the second goal. I'm sure in a moment. You know, he's he's certainly looking, starting to look like a really good quality Premier League defender. If he's fit, he's going to play. We know that. Other than that, it feels like we've got two or three half decent centre backs, you know, Stevens, Bednarek, I totally agree with Glenn. You know, we all agreed Valerie had a really good game against West Ham in the cup and probably deserved to start today, maybe. So again, there's there's options there. But for me, you know, we've spoken a lot about the goalkeeping position this summer. I think if they've got money in the bank, you know, that is another position. I think trying to find a long-term partner for Salasu, definitely. And there's um, a few quotes that have been flying around um, from Ralph's press conference about Bednarek today, Glenn, and why he didn't play. And Ralph was asked about it. He says he's okay. He's got a big game for Poland next week. And it seems to me that he's not 100% with his mind for us here today. So I've heard of managers resting players when they come back from international duty, but not before they go away. That's that's bizarre, isn't it? It is a bit, but I think it probably says that he doesn't see that there's much difference between Bednarek and Stevens. And to be honest, there isn't. Um, so he probably thought, I can afford, you know, if, if his mind's not 100% on it, then I can probably afford to leave him out today. Mm. And it does solve that problem of giving someone else a game. Um, you know, Bednarek can be very hit and miss as well. So there's no guarantee he wouldn't have made similar mistakes. It's not as if we're leaving out Virgil van Dijk or something like that. No, or, or resting James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not him, tearing up trees you know. here, are we? <laughs> no, no, a... no, we're not. So, I mean, it's, um, I would say it's very, very charitable of a club manager to think about um, international players at international teams. That doesn't happen often, does it? But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't read, I wouldn't read too much into that. And uh, I don't think it's a, uh, uh, you know, I don't think it's a dreadful problem that Bednarek didn't play today. Let's talk about that equaliser just before half time, Ben. The perfect time to score. It's odd that we lose 4 1. They score all five of the goals. But <laughs> I think credit to, to James Ward Prowse for the, the challenge that was in there because uh, he kept that alive. He kept that move going. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd had a few instances where we had played the ball in sort of behind them and, and got into good positions, I think, during that half. Um, for me, Martin, we totally deserved that that goal. I mean, yeah, it was a great time to score, but I think more importantly, it gave the team reward for their first half efforts. Great run from Al Yunusi. I think it was Armstrong, uh, Stuart Armstrong, that is, that played the ball through to him. I think, you know, my immediate thought, probably like most people, he's offside, it's going to be mm-hmm. cancelled through VAR. And when you saw it again, it was a really well-timed run. Need a bit of luck to put it in, but I think, you know, that gave them a lift going in at half-time because they put a lot of energy into that first half. And I think they definitely given City problems and to come away with a goal yeah okay it was an own goal but it was still a reward for the amount of um, effort that they put in and gave them something to come out and hold on to in the second half obviously and it changed the atmosphere in the stadium Glenn didn't it yeah two, two things about that goal that I thought were amusing one that it, it was Laporte who I don't like. I've got more irrational hatred coming from me there. <laughs> don't like Laporte. And the other one was that Kyle Walker threw a complete tantrum when the ball went in because he thought it was offside. It clearly wasn't because he gets looked at by VAR. It was him keeping them onside. 
as soon it was him keeping them onside, and as soon as the halftime whistle went, he wellied the ball out of the ground. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, there's a video of it. He just, yeah. yeah, he just wellied it out of the ground. It's just I like, mean, that's some effort, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a good effort from there. <laughs> went over the top of the went over the top of the eastern stand. So uh, yeah, well played, well played, Carl. Yeah, um, trying to dump it in the river or whatever but yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strange reaction but yeah it did it did change the atmosphere I mean I I I kind of went into the game with zero expectations and I was happy to get to half time one nil down it's interesting when you when you you know we said last week about you don't want to go behind against City but if you go behind after 10 minutes like we did there's no real change to the game plan you you stick to it and you know, hope that something happens, and it and it did at half time. And the problem was, if you go behind in the second half, suddenly you think, "Oh, we've only got twenty minutes to go. We need to open up a little bit." And that's when it all goes horribly wrong against the against the team like City. But uh, but yeah, half half time we went in, and everyone was kind of buzzing, and and that was that was the case for me until you know, really into, until the second goal, I just began to think that yeah, I can see I can I can see ninety minutes in sight here, and we can maybe take this to extra time, or or maybe even nick it. But no. The, it certainly um, it certainly made halftime more more enjoyable, especially because I was imagine, imagining Carl Walker throwing teacups around the, around the changing room. <laughs> but, but there you go. I think I can get that ball back. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the penalty, Ben. Was that soft penalty, rash challenge, just a moment of stupidity? Because he's got a form on this, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, every part of me wants to have my red and whites glasses on and say, you know, it was Mike Dean, et cetera, et cetera. When it first happened, Martin, my immediate thought was, that's a penalty. I didn't see anything in the replay, really, that... that determined otherwise um look, i think we know with mike dean he's always likely to give those sort of things would we have got it down the other end same situation hmm, maybe not but look, I, I think even ralph said after the game it was a penalty and i go back to what i said earlier about salasun you know that rawness that he's still got in him does he really need to be making a challenge like that and that part of the pitch you know no he doesn't just hold him up try and shepherd him out of play so it was a silly lunge and that was the turning point in the game so i, I think as much yeah. as i'd love to say it was mike dean it wasn't a penalty i can't because it was <laughs> the thing the thing is is that salasun had had another had 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 a similar sort of nibble at Jack Grealish at the start of the second half, and I couldn't believe that Grealish didn't go over. Mm. Bearing in mind how like how much he likes to go over, so he kind of got away with that one. And, and when he when he went for that one, I was like, no, just stay mm. on your feet. And that I, I sit literally directly behind where that incident happened. And as soon as it happened, penalty, no, yeah. no danger. And there was a little little delay before Mike Dean gave it and yeah like like Ben much though I'd love to slag off my team I can't can't blame him at all for um for giving that and uh, yeah but it was and a shame Glenn because I thought Salazar had a really good game apart from that I thought he, he he felt like he was one of the players that was definitely back to his his levels of a few weeks ago but on the same hand you know he's 23 next month and he's made these kind of mistakes before. He's he's got to start learning. They've got to start coaching this, and and he's got yeah. to cut these out of his game. Twenty three is you got to remember. Twenty three is very young for a centre half. They it's sort of acknowledged that they don't really you know that's why you get so few young players coming through and playing centre half at, in the Premier League at sort of eighteen nineteen. It just and it's his first happen. full season as well. Yeah, he he is still a bit raw and. If he if he wasn't, he wouldn't be playing for us. There was he put together a run of, of really good performances, and I was thinking mm, we're going to struggle to hold on to him this summer. But in some ways, a couple of mistakes, sort of highish profile mistakes, will probably do us some favours for next year because I, I think he'll, you know, the big clubs will still be looking at him, thinking, nah, too rash. We'll, we'll leave it another year and and see what he does. So I don't I don't think it's uh, long term. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But he, yeah, he, he does need to learn because both with with this one and the the Tottenham one where he got sent off when he trashed 
Song Yun-min. Both of those challenges didn't need to be made yeah. um, because in both cases, I mean, the Son tackle, the ball was running through to the goalkeeper. So there was no need to make that one. And today, Gabriel Jesus wasn't going anywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. He was he was out on the edge of the box. You know, okay, he might have put a, a cross in that ended up in a goal, but knowing him, probably not. So there was there was no need to make the challenge. There was no need to make the challenge. And and he he, he has to learn, you know, outside the box, fine. Inside, there's got to be a little light going on to say, stay on your feet and just block it. Mm, yeah, great chance at two-one. That great ball, Ben, from James Ward-Prowse, and the touch from Elianusi was mm. was magical, wasn't it? It deserved more than than Adams firing straight at the keeper. Yeah, I mean, as Glenn said earlier, I, I thought both him and Armstrong, Stuart, that is, there's too many Armstrongs in the same team these days. Um, had a had a really good game today. I yeah. thought, you know, Elianusi obviously scored last week, but other than that, didn't really do a lot. Um, but I thought he was really involved today. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great move. And I go back to what I said earlier. I mean, we made some really good attacking plays there. I was looking here. I think we had 13 shots. They had 19. You know, so we we created a lot of chances against Man City, which not many teams do. And I think with that Shea one, Martin, anywhere but straight at the keeper, and it's two all. And that he almost caught it too well; it was on his left foot. But again, you know, that was the pivotal moment in the game. There was a chance, wasn't there? Gundogan hit the post uh, uh, to make it would have made it two 0 and then obviously we equalised. You know, if that had gone two 0 for them, you almost think that could have been a different game. The same with the Shea Adams chance. You know, that goes in at two all. Saints tails are up. You know, they got some of their more senior players on the pitch by then and can have a real go at it. So it was disappointing. But again, I think Shea's had a really good run of form over the last few weeks I think it's hard to begrudge him the odd mischance at least he's getting into those positions and hopefully next time it'll go in and then lots the of cliches fo- in there the, <laughs> the Foden goal as well Glenn that was down your end wasn't it and, and in a, in oh, a yeah. way I, I was kind of relieved when that went in because you kind of think well I don't want us to go out the cup by for these two mistakes you know and, and that was a worldie of a goal and you kind of think well that deserved to win the game oh, and it's just absurd goal you know just it's just the I mean it kind of there's a lucky bounce sort of back to him but the the touch he takes and then the the, the power he gets on the shot it just it just fizzes in and Fraser's in a decent run of form at the moment he didn't get near that mm. no no win near it and no goal, no goalkeeper saves that it's, it's just it's just a brilliant goal and and that's when it, that's what brings home to you the differences between you know between their squad and ours and and it's and it's absurd you know we we've scored a, some decent long range goals ourselves this season but it's always like a bit of a surprise <laughs> it's just not a surprise when 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 Foden does it he's he's just technically such a good player you know and we talk about us bringing on our you know our our strikers to make our team stronger when you, you consider that they you know they they took off. Grealish, who was having a quiet game, and Gabriel Jesus, who, who wasn't doing much, and they brought on Foden and Mares. It's just like what? It's just, it's just not we brought fair. on Gineppo, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot, didn't he? Fell over the ball a couple of times, <laughs> but, um, dribbled it off the pitch. It's always useful when someone does that. But uh, yeah, when you when you bring on those two, and you think Bernardo Silva, who's probably been their best player this season, didn't even play. <laughs> it's just mm. it's it's just nuts but yeah that mm. that goal was brilliant and that's the point and, for me where you go you know hands up okay yeah know. and and Mara's goal though it there was a there was a little drop in intensity around the third and fourth goal from us where we we kind of I think we kind of realized the game was up a little bit and there was just sort of five five or so minutes where we weren't quite snapping in the tackles and we weren't quite closing down aggressively and they scored the two goals during that time. That just shows that against a team like City, you you you've got to be on it for the mm. whole game. Otherwise, they will score, and and that's what happened with those with those two goals at the end. Did you um? What did you make of those two goals, Ben? Have you just got to you know hold your hands up and go that that's where the money gets spent, and that's why they yeah. those players score those goals? I, I think so. I mean, I, I can't really 
you know, I, I, I want to say we were having a good go at that time as well. You know, we were two, one down, three, one down. We probably felt like we needed to push up the pitch a little bit more. I mean, we weren't gung ho. We weren't all over them, but I think Mares, you know, for me, I was pleased to see him on the bench at the start of the game because I think he is an exceptional talent. And, uh, you know, his finish obviously given force to the eyes. And that was kind of, again, you know, 4 1, and he had a couple of other chances, dragged one wide. But I think they just, you know, they find the space. Their one touch football is incredible. And I, I think that's what we got to remember as Saints fans. And I, I think the majority of Saints fans do appreciate that is that, you know, 4 1 to City on paper is a disappointing result. But I think you have to take a step back and go, hey, they had their strongest available side out bar Edison. And, you know, for 75 minutes today, Saints perform really, really well. And I think when you look across the course of this season, we've played them three times now. We have competed really, really well with them. And that kind of sets the benchmark. But ultimately, you know, it goes back to what we said. They've got world-class players that can win you any game from any position. And you just have to accept that sometimes. And how do you look back at the cup run? I just want to ask you both about this before we move on. We were talking about maybe a, a t- 10th place finish and a, a half-decent cup run. Has that delivered for you, Glenn, in, in terms of the cup? Some some good results and some some players and certainly some decent goals? I mean, the cup... As I said earlier, it's it, it's it's a win or lose thing. So if you look at the tournament as a whole, you either win it or you don't. And we haven't won it since I was seven. So uh, <laughs> it would be. Uh, but you know, as soon as the draw was made, it's it kind of I don't know. It kind of pours cold water on any sort of ambition mm. that you might have had of <laughs> uh, of winning it because you know it's suddenly going to be ridiculously difficult. And as it turns out, it would have been Liverpool in the semi-final if we'd got through, which is a team that we usually we we usually have a plan to play against Man City, but against against Liverpool, we quite often don't and get hammered. So that would have been incredibly difficult, an expensive if, day out as well. <laughs> if we had got, yeah, 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 and lo- losing to Liverpool is never fun. But over, overall, the FA Cup. I mean, we, we had a couple of Championship sides where we played like the second string and and got through with a bit you know with a few wobbles in both those games West Ham game was excellent that's the highlight of the um mm. of the cup run this year not least because we all got proved wrong with the um with the team selection and we, we managed to we managed to get through that game and that's that's good and that's that's one team that we we've turned it around this season against West Ham mm. because in previous four or five seasons we've not got anything against them whereas this year we've had two wins and a two wins and a draw isn't it so yeah that that's certainly been been the highlight but yeah to get to get to the last day is is decent when you look at it but it would be it'd be nice in my uh, in my lifetime if we could actually get the final and win it but it, it just gets progressively more and more difficult every year because these teams these big teams just get stronger and stronger and stronger so hopefully hopefully we'll have got really got rid of Chelsea this time next year and uh, it, there'll only be five teams five teams to avoid instead of uh, well to be honest now there's only really three teams to avoid because the others you feel like you can get a result against but mm. City, Liverpool and to a slightly lesser extent the current Chelsea team they, they're just a they're just a different level yeah Ben your your thoughts on the cup run this year looking back yeah I, I think much the same uh, I know Oliver, my son, was very disappointed in the garden afterwards because I'd promised him we'd go to Wembley if they got to the semi-final because my dad and brother are away so we can use their tickets. But um, yeah, I, I heard a stat during the game, actually, Martin, that we'd lost three FA Cup ties out of our last 18 before today. You know, So when you think, obviously, we got a couple of semi-finals in there, we got to the semi-finals last year, quarterfinals today, I think actually you realise that Saints have done 
pretty well in the FA Cup over the last few years. And, you know, I, I echo what Glenn said there. I think um, I kind of summed it up in a tweet earlier, but, you know, we've had three good wins along the way, different sort of methods, um, three stunning goals when you think back to Stuart Armstrong's goal, which for me was the moment of the FA Cup run against Coventry, Perot's goal, and then obviously Brozier. I think we've, you know, got the squad involved, which was obviously a big talking point, particularly with the lineups. And then I think getting through to the quarterfinals and giving City a good game. So I think for me, probably a, an eight out of 10 FA Cup run. And I think definitely something that, you know, as Martin Simmons said to us before on the pod, you know, they want to take the cup seriously I think we've done that this season and as you know when you look at the semi-finalists three of them are I think as Mark's just said in the comments three of them are Champions League side so you yeah. know we've done well to get down to where we have yeah and, and Nick points out the good news is that Mike Dean will never ref a cup game for us again now again. so that's got to bring you a little bit of uh... <laughs> why is that is he retiring yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. stepping back, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what a shame! <laughs> you might never see him again, Glenn. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll we'll have to find something else to talk about next season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Let's get on to. Uh, well, we've got the international break uh, again. Another international break just around the corner, and then it's all about Leeds United away in the uh, in the Premier League. So a one 0 win in September. It was Brozier's first goal and the first win for us. But they had a few players out that day, Ben, didn't they? So it it might be a slightly different game depending. On, on who's coming back in this time round. Yeah, I think we were just talking about this before we went on air, didn't we, Martin? And uh, I think uh, Bamford, Phillips, Rafinha, Ailing, none of those were playing against Saints at St Mary's uh, back in uh, October time. But uh, I've got to say, I watched their game at Wolves on Friday night, and I'm, I'm sure some of the people listening did. And as a neutral, it was one of the most entertaining games I've seen all season. I just thought it was an absolutely fantastic Premier League game of football when you think of some of the dross that we sit and watch these days. I'm actually going to Ellen Road in a couple of weeks, and at half time, I was thinking, you know, rubbing my hands, brilliant, it's going to be a day out Saints are going to be back on it happy days by the end I was thinking God we're going to need to be up for that one because they're showing fight and determination and energy and all that sort of thing but uh, I I think you know I'm sure we'll come on to some of the specifics you know what you need to do at Ellen Road Um, I've been twice before I've never seen Saints win there so fingers crossed third time lucky but you know that you're going to have to run around a lot you know that you're going to need to have energy you're going to have to fight the crowd are going to be up for it you know they're almost safe now probably with the the couple of results that they've now had against Norwich and uh, against Wolves so will that mean that they relax a little bit more it'll be interesting to see but uh yeah tough side and um you know fair play to them because i, I think it was a really really good win at wolves on uh, friday night maybe you're the bad omen ben maybe you should start i'm, I'm a bad omen wherever i go martin <laughs> <laughs> i should get a season ticket at fratton park that would be good <laughs> what have you made of the new manager coming in glenn and and obviously they had a good result against wolves they had um the win against norwich as well this is this is a team that are stringing a couple of results together now isn't it just at the wrong time for us i think uh, i think it's a shame that bielsa was replaced because i kind of wanted him to do well but i think it got to the stage where a change was needed and and so it's been proved would they have got these couple of results they've got without Bielsa uh, sorry with Bielsa still there maybe you know the the managers had it seems to have had a decent impact I don't really know if they're playing any differently what I will say for Leeds this season is that I kind of I don't want them to get near relegation for the simple reason that they they've had a lot of injuries all season Uh, Mm. you know their main striker Bamford has been missing for most of it Calvin Phillips has been missing for most of it. As far as I know, they didn't call any games off for COVID. They just ploughed on. They played their games. They got hammered in some games. Um, and I, I think there's that there's a lot to to like about their attitude. Last year up there, we we played well first half, and then we mm. had a shocker in the second mm. half, which just caved in and and lost three nil. Um, I don't know if their pitch is any better than it was last year because last year it was it was like you know I've seen better pitches on a Sunday in the Sunday Park League than that. Um, so hopefully that's that's a bit better. They're, they're still in a bit of trouble. They got I think twenty nine points now, so they'll be seeing Southampton at home as certainly as a game where they can 
pick up three points and uh, and move closer to safety. At the end of the day, they're not that good. So if we turn up and put a performance in, you know, they're down near the bottom for a reason. They might have some players back, but they, you know, they had four injured against Wolves. So who knows what what they what they're going to have on the pitch? I know um, Phillips is nearly fit now. And, and Bamford sort of played and then got injured again. So I don't know what team they're going to have in a couple of weeks' time. So I, I see it as a, as a good chance to get a result if if we're up for it. A, a key thing to Leeds is the crowd. Ellen Road is a bit like Goodison Park, mm. where if you can shut the crowd up, then it's, you know, it, it's decent. And then you're just playing the 11 players and not, not the sort of atmosphere that gets generated at these sort of big old grounds. So yeah, overall, I'm, I'm I'm reasonably optimistic, but we've got to we've got to bring our A game. We're not going to be able to you know play like we did against Watford and Newcastle and get anything out of it. That's the concern, isn't it, Ben? I know we can take some confidence from today, but it was still a defeat. That's four defeats in a row, and they won't want that to be five defeats in a row. I hadn't really thought it was four defeats in a row until you said that, Martin. That's depressed me a little bit, actually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, but that goes back to, the, the again, what we were talking about earlier. You know, it's really important now that Saints don't let the season fizzle out and end up finishing 15th, and us all feel... It, you know, we've taken a very, very small step forward from where we were last year. So, you know, they've got two weeks now to to recharge the batteries. I appreciate other clubs have as well. A bit of time to work on the training ground, start to think about how they want to approach that game. But it's going to come down to heart, gut, determination, all those sort of things for, for that game at Leeds. And, um, you know, their tails up. I think they'd lost four in a row before they'd won these two games. So maybe we can you know follow a similar pattern and start to turn it around again. Does the international break help, Glenn? Is that a chance to recover, work on some fine tuning or do these these, these things tend to come along when we're just finding a bit of form we're starting to turn things around and it'd be just like us to have a positive performance today and then uh, come back in uh... yeah well at the end of the day it's not like we're on a three match unbeaten no. run or anything like that is it? <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing for us to be having an international break at, the, at this stage I mean I don't know how many how many players are missing I know it's the, the World Cup playoffs and obviously the, the mm. Scotland one's been been called off so I don't know how many players are going to be away I don't know if Scotland have got a, another game for example, so. for, yeah, I'm not sure. for Stuart Armstrong to disappear too. I don't know how many how many teams are, have, have got have got players missing. So, but I don't think it's a bad thing for us at the moment to be to be having a, a, a couple of weeks where a majority of the players are um, are training at Staplewood, and that and that's it really. Mm. And and who starts for you, Glenn? Are we are we reverting back to that what we would call our favourite eleven? Do you think is that if if they're all rested and ready to go, is that where we go? Uh, to be honest, it would surprise me if we didn't. There, there's a question mark at you know the Stevens or Bednarek at centre half, but I think with Armstrong and Elianusi both having really good games today, I'd, I'd be surprised if they're you know if 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 they're replaced simply because no no none of the alternatives have really put their hand up. In any of their substitute appearances, and and said they have to be they have to be picked. You know, Tino was looked back to his best today, so I don't see um, I don't see Perot coming in at left back, and I think that you know the the two main strikers will be will be back in place. So barring any injuries or COVID absences or anything like that, I don't I don't see our team being massively different to what we've had. You know, what has been established as our uh, best eleven, if you like. Do you agree, Ben? I know the front two put a shift in today, didn't they? But there, there was nothing in that to suggest that they deserve a start. No, I, th- I think the front six kind of picks itself. You know, that's that's tried and tested the last few weeks. I think a bit like we had the goalkeeping uh, tombola last season, I think it's the fullback tombola at the moment, isn't it? So as Glenn says, it's probably, you know, I, I think we all know that Ralph's very fond of Tino. Tino, 
I thought was really, really good today. But is he too attacking for a game like Leeds, you know, where you might need to be a little bit more defensive and try and stop their wingers and things like that? I, th- I think they've all got Harrison and Dan James, haven't they? And people like that that are quite nippy as well. So do you potentially go with someone a little bit more defensive in Perot and, um, and KWP? But I think if you ask me now, I would probably go... Tino at right back, KWP at left back, and then everything else I think kind of picks itself, assuming Bednarek comes back in at centre-back, Martin. Yep. Okay, let's do score predictions for the game. Feel free to stick yours in the comments if you're watching along. Just for We need to start writing down what people predict as well, just so we can start calling people out, because it feels like it's just us that gets it wrong every week. Needless to say, I don't think any of us got the Man City score bang on, but back to the league. Uh, Glenn, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I think it'll be... Quite a close game, and I will go for a one-all draw. A one-all draw, right? And Ben, you're going to be there, so yeah, <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Four one to lead. That's what I feel like I should go with. Um, if, Saint, maybe, if Saints yeah. take their chances, then I think Saints will create chances. But I, I have a fear that I think Leeds are going to be really up for it, and I think Saints will be on the back foot for a bit of the game as well. So I'm going to go for an entertaining, assuming we take our chances, two-all draw. Two-all draw, right? Okay. Before we finish, I just want to talk about the England squad and the announcement. Um, Glenn, great to see James Ward-Prowse getting a call up mm. again. Uh, I think he, you know. Obviously, it's thoroughly deserved that. Tino with the under-21s, but nothing for, for Carl Walker-Peters. And we know that may or may not change, but he, he just doesn't seem to be one of the names that's being mentioned by anybody other than Saints fans at the moment. And and I can't work out why. Uh, there, there has been a little bit of a talk, you know, talk about him simply because of the number of injuries there are at fullbacks at the moment. Because I know Trippier, who's kind of the, the option that can play right and left back, he's injured. Luke Shaw's never fit. Um, for a variety of reasons, he eats too much. Um, you've got Reese James has been in and out of Chelsea all season, injured. So, and now Trent Alexander Arnold is also injured. So, there is a chance that he will get called up next week, as I said at the start. I can understand him not being called up as a right back because there are, there are just so many options. But the fact that he's demonstrating that he can do a really good job at left back. I think, you know, he, he's competing against Trippier, if you like. And Trippier's a quality player. So, you know, I, I can understand Southgate not wanting to to rock the boat with bringing yet another player in. But he, as it turns out, he, he may not have a choice. Hmm. Um, he, he's, I think he's certainly ahead of people like the the young lad uh, Johnson at West Ham. And he's, he's probably ahead of Tarek Lamptey from Brighton. So there is a chance that, that he'll get called up. But I don't think I don't think Carl's played for England at age group level since I think he might have played for the under twenty ones. But he's certainly not been near a squad as yet. So he's and I'm sure I'm sure he will. He's just got to keep his head down and keep keep playing well for us. Um but what he has done is that in, even in our poor performances recently, he's been probably mm. our best player. Yeah. That Newcastle game. Yeah, yeah, there's been no there's been no drop off from him at all. And you would hope that that is noticed and but as we know it is very difficult for Southampton players to to mm. get in the squad and 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 make any headway with England I mean the, the fact that you know that if if there was a squad being picked for a tournament tomorrow Warprouse would probably get left out mm-hmm. because he, he he'd pick you know the the likes of Phillips or whatever or, or Jordan Henderson would be in the team ahead of him let alone the youngsters like you know Bellingham and Mason Mount slightly different position but they would all be taking up squad places before they'd get down to to war prowse so mm. you know 
Well, I think I, I heard the tail end of an interview that Will Prowse did with Adam Blackmore at uh, at the end of the game today, and, and he basically said, you know, when I get on the pitch, I've got to take my chances, and uh, so that's 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 the case for him. And uh, Walker Peters is obviously a bit further back, and and he's just got to hope that if he gets the call for these games or for any other games, that he he comes in and uh, and does a really good job. But it but it is always going to be difficult, especially difficult for the fullbacks because of the um, players he's up against. And from a selfish point of view, Ben, is it um, better for us the fewer players that go away, the better? Yeah, of course, because I, I think you know it means they can't get injured. It means we can work on tactics. You know, Ralph's got them on the mm. training ground and things like that. I think the challenge always is, and you know, Glenn, Glenn's right. I mean, there's always this uh, sort of reputation, isn't there, that you can't get a, an international call up if you play for Southampton, particularly for England. Is that then players think, well, I need to move on, you know, as they have done previously to get in the in the England squad. And I don't think Carl's that sort of player. I think he realised that his career's been, I wouldn't say transformed, but it's been elevated by playing at Saints. I I was disappointed maybe that he was not selected, but not surprised, Martin, because I think yeah. it's just you know when you keep seeing players like Harry Maguire getting picked when he's just you know played the way he has I, I think Carl can for me Carl can have done any more over the last couple of months than what he's done and if he still doesn't get a chance then I for me that says more about England than it does about Carl yeah fair enough Okay, well, let's see how that all works out for uh, for James Ward-Prowse. We wish him the very best of luck. Before we go, quick shout out to our loyal and much-loved patrons and a big welcome, actually, to Joe or Chicago Saint who joined our Bobby Stokes tier this week. So hello to Joe and thanks very much for your support. In our Matt Letizier tier patrons, we've got Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Phil Cook and Nick Higston. And in our Francis Bernardi tier, we've got Nick Reed, Matt Hall and Dave Melton. You can find out more about becoming a TSP patron and all the benefits that come with that over on the website thank you to Glenn thanks to Ben have a great week guys have a nice international break won't you <laughs> will do enjoy thanks, Ellen Road when you get there Ben enjoy that yeah I'm looking forward to having a rest now from the pod I think the chaps are back so I won't have to come back and relive it so that's a relief <laughs> uh, don't forget to follow this podcast wherever you're listening you can leave us a review as well on the socials it's at Total Saints Pod you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook you can get in touch as well during the week if you like uh, via the website do drop us an email thank you for listening and we will see you after the international break away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.